And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Almendorf. On the phone line with me today is Pastor Ben Miller, the pastor of Trinity Church, Huntington, New York, on Long Island. And uh, Pastor Ben, it's great to have you with us today. Always really good to be here, Dan. Thank you again. Well, um, this coming, uh, what is it, this Sunday, yeah. God willing, is, is Father's Day. Uh, really a neat time to celebrate our fathers here in America. So we thought maybe we'd talk a little bit about fathering uh, from a biblical perspective. Really want to encourage the men who are fathers to be good dads and yeah. also to uh, view our role biblically. And um, as we think about it, you know, each of us have had a father. So it's something we really, at that level, we all share in common. <laughs> we wouldn't be yeah. here if we didn't have a father. So maybe you could help us get started thinking about, um, well, I guess, what is a father, as the Lord would teach us from his word? Yeah, well, you know, as you just said, it's a biological fact that every single human being is only in the world because somewhere there's a a father, a biological <laughs> father. Um, but things get really kind of messy uh, from that point, thinking forward, um, because we've had all sorts of different experiences, uh, many of us with with uh, our father. Um, you know, for some, it was a wonderful relationship. For some, it was... Uh, horrible relationship, in some cases even abusive, and some, many perhaps, uh, have not had really a father figure in their life at all. And so mm. just um, when you open up the Bible and, and you hear God describe himself as our father, uh, that doesn't necessarily immediately evoke always the best images for us. And, and for those of us who are in the position of being fathers, it can be very hard to know uh, where, where do you, how do you think about being a father when maybe you haven't always had the great experiences with an earthly father. Um, and I think that's where it's, it's helpful to, to realize that um, whatever pale shadows of God's fatherly love we may have experienced with an earthly father, and I'm one who's been blessed with a wonderful earthly father. I have a great relationship with him to this day. But whatever we can learn from earthly fathers about our Father in Heaven, God is the, is the perfect sort of original father. Um, mm. Earthly fatherhood is kind of a shadow, a, a, a copy, if you like, and in many, well, in all cases, because we're sinners, a very uh, distorted copy of, of his fatherly love. And so I think we need to, to, to figure out what a father is and what it means to be a father. I think we really need to open up the scriptures and say, okay, whatever we can learn from earthly men, and we learn a lot from earthly fathers, what really is the, the original of this? And that's I think, takes us back, as we've said in previous interviews, to the Garden of Eden, and God... Uh, really is a father to Adam in the garden. And, and you see right out of the, uh, the gate that just as Seth is later made in the image of his father, Adam, Adam is made in the image of his father, who is God, and uh, the relationship there in the garden of provision and, and love and, and actually mercy when there's sin, um, really is, is just a, it's a wonderful thing to study. And, and then throughout, of course, the redemption throughout the Bible, after the fall, God um, speaks of himself throughout the Old Testament somewhat as a father, but that really comes into focus as he reveals himself as the father of Jesus uh, and uh, through Christ, um, the father of believers. So um, I mean, I'm just really just trying to underscore the fact that the Scripture really needs to be our source for this, and there's a lot we can talk about as to God's fatherly manner with his children, which I'm sure we're about to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's helpful. 
So think about fathers. There's children involved. You've mentioned Seth. I guess one of the questions I have that maybe we could talk about is, as these children come along, how should a father treat his children? How, how should he view them, treat them, train them, that sort of thing? One of the things I've been thinking about a bit recently is the difference in the connection between mothers and children and fathers and children. I think that might be a good lead into your question. I mean, mothers have a deep biological connection to the child. Um, a mother's physical contribution, biological contribution to a child is, is extremely intimate. Um, mm. She carries this child. It's attached to her. It literally feeds off of her. Mm. And um, a father's relationship with a child is not like that. The biological connection uh, between a father and a child is, is somewhat uh, more distant, I think we might say, than that of a mother and child. And so what then is the connection? Um, it seems to me in Scripture, um, and you see this both with God and his children and then with earthly fathers, fathers contribute, I think, at least three things biblically to their children. And there's a sort of, um, sort of manner that I think accompanies these things. First of all, a father gives his children identity. I mean, in, in Scripture, children receive their name from their father. Um, and a very large part of who a child is is given to that child by his or her father, and then very much along with that and related to it is uh, fathers giving instruction. It's interesting to notice how when the Bible talks about parents teaching their children, it's usually addressed to fathers, and you mm. you clearly see that worked out in Proverbs, where it's the father speaking to his son. Um, and then, of course, uh, a father also gives his children inheritance, um, mm. leaves all that he has, uh, at least I, <laughs> in a biblical system, leaves all that he has to his his children and uh, um, blesses them even from the grave, as it were. And so I think what you, you see sort of coming out of these biblical themes is a father really gives his life, gives his name, gives his time, gives his energy, gives his love, gives his teaching, gives his wisdom, really finally gives his substance, his stuff, to his children. Um, it's very different from the way a mother biologically gives to a child and, and nurtures a child, but it's, it's no less real. And I think that what you can see through all of this is that a father's primary role in the life of his child is just in every way to prepare this child, uh, actually even really to the point of giving the child an identity, but to prepare this child to go out into the world and to be that next generation. And it's just such a profoundly loving, caring, nurturing relationship in a different way from motherhood, but certainly no less real. Mm. Uh, I mean, you cannot, you just can't miss the fact that there's this deep goodwill that, that dr- must drive the entire fatherly project, which is why it's so devastating when a father isn't around to give the child identity or instruction or, you know, withdraws the inheritance or whatever. I mean, it's like cutting the lifeline, uh, yes. in a sense. Yes. Um, I think many of us fathers that have tried to be good fathers also feel that we could have done much better. <laughs> and And if I had to do it all over again, I tell myself, you know, I would have spent more time with my children. Um, We get um, involved in some very good endeavors, projects, uh, service in the church, uh, Christian ministries, and yet many times um, we'll rob from our children time that we should have spent with them. So I like what you're mentioning here, that that the Father gives them uh, his name, his time, his energy, his love. Um, There is a scripture verse that talks about... As a father has compassion yeah. 
on his children. Could you explain what that verse is talking about there? Psalm 103, I think it is. Well, yeah, that's um, that's very rich. One of the things that's interesting about human life as God has made it is that children don't spring into the world full-grown. They they begin as infants. And you have to ask yourself what God is trying to teach us <laughs> in mm. making things that way. Um, we, we A father has to be very aware of the, the, the realities of development in a child. Um, and, you know, it's funny, I've, I've had four children, and, and it's, my wife and I often chuckle about how different the way our, our way of rearing our youngest is from the way we reared our firstborn, our little Katie. Uh, you know, it seems like you're always kind of hard on your firstborn. You expect them to be more grown up than they really have the capacity to be, and, and by the time you get the few down the line, you realize, wow, you know, they're just little ones, and it takes time. And, um, you know, you're comfortable with the fact that maturing is something that takes really quite a long while, and, and there's a lot of increments and steps along the way. And I think one of the beautiful things about God's response to Adam and Eve, and you can see it throughout redemption, is that God is tender toward not just the brokenness, but even the re- rebelliousness of his creatures. Hmm. Now, I, I want to be very careful, because, you know, you can fall off... You can fall into the other ditch, too, and, and you know, make God out as if he doesn't... He kind of winks at sin, and he's not a God of righteous, righteousness and justice. He clearly is. But God doesn't come as this wrathful titan through the garden, you know, blasting at Adam and Eve because of their sin. He comes... I mean, he certainly is a deep sobriety and, and, and anguish, and, and, and even, a, I think we could say, a deep uh, wrath that's, that's sort of beneath the surface there in his response to their sin. But but he reaches towards them with such grace, and I, I just, I, the long-suffering of God amazes me when I read the Bible. People, people will say, well, the God of the New Testament is love, the God of the Old Testament is a God of, you know, he's sort of this monstrous God of wrath. <laughs> I just wonder if they've ever read the Old Testament. Mm. I mean, God, God's fatherly response to Israel is just immense long-suffering mm. over millennia. Mm-hmm. As they wander and rebel and sin, I mean, read Psalm 106, read Psalm 78, and, and, and what you see there, I think, is, is the way a father deals with his children. It's not that there's not confrontation. It's not that there's not times of sternness, and even, you know, hopefully in our case, righteous anger. But, but there is just so much understanding that we're weak, and we're fallen, and our hearts are hard, and we need his grace. And I just think that, I wish that tone could come through more <laughs> with my own children, you know, just mm-hmm. patience and, and long-suffering that, you know, repenting of sin takes time, and, and growth and immaturity takes time. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. that begins to get at what you're asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was just impressed by that psalm that that talked about the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. Yeah, and as a father has compassion on his children, it's like we can understand a little better because we're living through it here in the in the world we're in, interacting with our children, trying to show them compassion. The Lord is perfect, of course, in his compassion on those who fear him. And so it's a little bit of a picture. I wonder, too, um, how husbands and fathers, but their husbands to their wife, um, the the father fatherly role ties into that wife, and, and how just maybe some simple guidelines, how this godly father in the home is to treat his wife. It certainly seems that he should... Um, honor the wife and not talk her down in front of the children and in a very practical way lift her up. Can you 
help us on that a little bit? Yeah, um, <laughs> this, is, yeah this is a very big deal. Um, you know, I have a friend who had, had a, a grandfather who in some ways really failed in honoring his wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, this friend tells me that the result in, in the, the children of this grandfather has been a lot of uh, marriage breakdowns um, mm. in the children. And I think that one of the, the biggest things a father is hopefully teaching his children and modeling before them, because so much, so much of teaching is modeling, is how to be other-focused, how to be like Jesus in giving your life for others, thinking of others more highly than yourself, honoring and respecting the person of others. And where the kids are going to see that every day in a father is how he treats mom. Mm -hmm. And I I think that fathers need to, number one, be extremely clear that you are never to to treat your wife as if she's one of the children. (laughs) Uh, We talked about this in our marriage interview. She she is your your equal and your companion, and and you are to honor her and take the lead in honoring her as Christ honors the the church and, 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 and builds her up and gives his whole life for her. That's mm. how fathers to treat the children's mother in front of them. And I think also, on the other side, if it's possibly very domineering towards a wife, it's also very possible to be passive and just sort of self-absorbed in a uh, non-aggressive way where you're distant from your wife, you're just busy with your own things, you're, you're, you're lazy, you're um, relationally non-confrontational to a point where there's... there's uh, a lot of bitterness builds up, and, and I think that kids are watching. One of the things that's hard about having children is that they see everything, and they're just little sponges, and they catch <laughs> tone, they catch sort of the atmospheric conditions and between mom and dad, and, and you're teaching so much about honor in you know, the way you respond when you're frustrated to your wife, the way um, just, you know, do you do little special things to, to single her out and to show how much you treasure her in front of the children, and you know, this is just a an enormous part of setting children up to be other-focused and to, to live like Christ in their relationships with other people, not to mention having success in their own marriages. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's good. That's that's what I was interested in. Um, it seems that um, the love towards the wife builds a certain security in the children's lives. Very much so. Yeah. One more thing before we leave this particular line of thinking regarding interacting with the wife interacting with the children um, came across a verse well known. I just brought it up here on the computer. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9, in terms of training in the home and that sort of thing. But I was wondering if you could maybe um, review that with our listeners and what choice um, <laughs> advice comes out of that for the Christian home today that really. The fathers bear a great responsibility for. Yeah. Well, it begins there with uh, the Lord our God is, is, is one, and you shall love him with all your heart, soul, might. And uh, the words that Moses is commanding Israel, he says, they shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. Talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontless between your eyes. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Um, uh, number one, love God. 
love him in front of your children. Yeah. You cannot call your children to something. That, uh, they, they'll pick up hypocrisy. If, if you're calling them to love God and you don't love God, they're going to smell that out. Um, yeah, right away. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And, and they do that when they're little even. Um, but then there's just this, this very high level of involvement. And, and one of the things that I often think about, my little ones are getting now into sort of the so-called preteen years, and I often watch parents really struggle with those so-called dreaded teen years. I think, first of all, we have made far too much of the so-called teen years. I think that's a social construct. It's not biblical. Our children are start out as young disciples of Jesus. They become older disciples of Jesus. That's it. Yes. Um, and as we work through that, then, I think what I've seen with parents who keep, the, who keep their children through those you know, tumultuous years of transition into adulthood, they are in conversation with their children. Mm. If you do not have an open relationship with your kids where you are talking to them about stuff that matters and you are sort of in their hearts and they are in yours and there is this back-and-forth exchange, and if there's hard questions we ask them, if there's stuff that frustrates us and we struggle with in our walk with God, we talk about it. And, you know, my father was so good at this, he, he just would not, he, he you know, we there were times I stomped upstairs and, you know, slam the door, and he would come up the stairs, and he would just sit, and, you know, Ben, how are you doing, and, and mm-hmm. you know, tell me what's going on inside of you, and he drew out what was going on, and we talked about everything, mm. and I have a, you know, a fantastic relationship to him, with him to this day, where I call him and ask him for counsel, and, but it's, it's about heart-to-heart connection. I think that's what Moses is driving at here. You are in, you're in, you're in just in constant conversation about the things of God, whether you're walking, sitting, lying down, rising up, this presence of God in your life, this God you love and, and fear and serve and obey, it's just always with us, and it's always a topic of conversation. And when you have kids that can talk openly about stuff like that from the heart, mm. you just don't need to worry uh, about uh, re- rebellion, it seems to me. You need to worry when there's not those, those lines of communication mm. open. Yeah, well put, well put. So here's this father, and he's, um, He's a good father. You know, he may be making mistakes, but he's he's faithful to his wife and training the children. At some point, as he gets older, um, he's in a church. He's faithfully uh, loving Christ in the church, and maybe he's called upon to become an elder. Now, it seems scripturally there's some carryover. Now, it seems that the training and his faithfulness in the home just naturally flow into caring for God's church. Can you? Talk about that just a little bit. Yeah. Well, and Paul's pretty clear in First Timothy 3 and Titus 1, if, if a man uh, doesn't rule his house well, he, how's he going to take care of the church? Um, because precisely the same heart of love for uh, the, the Christ wants from his under-shepherds toward the sheep is, is what a father is to have for his children. I often tell fathers, you are a pastor in your home. And really, what God's requiring of those who shepherd the flock in the church is not all that different from what he requires of every man who, who is the head of a home. You're to care for your sheep, and you're to be awake at the wheel. You're to be able to see a wolf when it's coming. You've got to be able to you know, perceive dangers and, and deal with them in, in, in an appropriate way, and you need to be able to just be really... As one hmm. old uh, friend of mine who's an elder said, you've got to have your hands on the wool of the sheep, right? And you're, and you're, <laughs> you're involved, and you're connected, and you're, you're communicative, and you're able to, to provide instruction with your life and your words. And I think hmm. if a man can't do that at home, there's no reason to expect he can do that on a, on a larger stage. Yeah, right. I've enjoyed knowing good elders. Hmm. What a blessing they are to Christ's yeah. church. Um, but if you do come across an elder that's inconsistent, 
it has devastating effects on the church. You know, if his home isn't right, the church won't be right. Yeah, right, because a man, it's very easy to use a position of authority to serve yourself instead of serving others. Right. That can take a lot of forms, and it's devastating in a home or a yeah. church. Now, um, we've only got maybe five minutes left. Um, I'm thinking now, we talked about the home, we talked about the church a little bit. Uh, society, it, it seems that... Um, if we get these other pieces so that God is glorified in, in place and settled, then it flows outward from there into society. Yeah. Um, there, there is a verse of Scripture that, that comes to mind and that says that sons are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from him. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Um, could you talk a little bit about the arrows? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, big, big question. Um, <laughs> I, I really believe what a number of older writers in the Reformed tradition, of which I'm a part, uh, have, have said, that the home is the, is, the, is the building block of the church and the commonwealth. Yes. That all of the basic relational dynamics that are in play in the home are to be reproduced in, a, in the different context of the church and the different context of the commonwealth. I mean, just... Mm. Uh, you know, for just one example, uh, you know, a, a, a ruler who, to whom God has given the sword, who abuses that power for his own ends instead of the good of those under him, is going to be a tyrannical ruler. And so I think when we're sending our children out of our homes to college and work and beyond and to establish their own lives, what we're seeking is that they would be able to leaven their various communities with the, the relational things that they've learned in the home, mm-hmm. um, how to relate to authority in a way that's wholesome, how to be an authority in a way that's wholesome, how to... Uh, you know, relate to equals, superiors, and inferiors in a way that show the love of God. And, and in that way, we really, our children really are the salt, light, and leaven of the world. Um, mm. But, you know, this is why it's so critical. They haven't just received information, Christian information in the home, but they've, they've actually experienced Christian relationships in the home. And they can take those and, you know, by God's grace, heal neighborhoods and in time nations. Mm. Amen. Well, today we've been talking about fathers, and, you know, Father's Day is coming up, this coming Lord's Day, and on the phone line with me today is Pastor Ben Miller. He is the pastor of Trinity Church in Huntington, New York, which is on Long Island. Uh, Ben, perhaps someone would like to um, ask you a question or even visit your church, Uh, maybe an email or website, and also uh, info on your church in case they'd like to get in touch with you. Well, you can visit our website at... uh uh, trinitychurchlongisland.com or you could send me an email at opcpastor at gmail.com I would love to interact with anyone at all on this or any other topic it's a, it's a privilege to talk to the Lord's people well that's simple enough um, that email address is opcpastor at gmail.com I like that uh, <laughs> boy you've you got the, you got a really nice gmail there. Hey, I got the gmail early what can I say <laughs> and then the, the website for your church one more time just trinitychurchlongisland.com Okay, com. Well, thank you very much, Pastor Ben Miller, for joining us today in a brief discussion about fatherhood. And for all the dads out there, uh, we wish you a very happy and joyful Father's Day. And I truly hope you will be able to attend the worship with God's people on the Lord's Day. As you, uh, as part of your celebration of Father's Day, Ben, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yes, and uh, may our Lord richly bless you and also your church. And dear listener, um, if you would like again to contact Pastor Ben Miller, 
His email address is opcpastor at gmail.com. Quick reminder, check us out online. We're at RedeemerBroadcasting.org, and this broadcast is up there as a podcast. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Please join us again next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. <laughs> 